0: Welcome back to Africa Science Focus. I'm your host, Michael Kaloki. This week, the inspiring work of Nigerian computer scientist Onoma Okorafor.
1: This is one of my favorite quotes, and I have it even on my wall. Well-behaved women rarely make history. Ladies, if we are going to break the glass ceiling, we have to break some of the rules. Even when the door is shutting against us, we have to push through you have to break the boundaries that have been put around us, the box that we have been put inside. Almost 15
0: years ago, Dr. Okorafo created WAAW, which is a non-profit organization that supports the education of girls and women in STEM. That's science, technology, engineering, and maths. After attending university in Lagos, Dr. Okorafo received scholarships for further study in the United States where she completed a doctorate in computer engineering. Now an entrepreneur and a visiting professor at the African University of Science and Technology where she teaches computer science, Dr. Okorafo is a member of a number of international industry bodies and has worked at major computer companies in the United States. Our reporter, Charles Mintsulo, caught up with Dr. Okorafo to find out about her hackathons for girls and her plans for new research colleges across sub-Saharan Africa.
1: Um, I went to an all-girls school and I think that that was very critical because in an all-girls school, I did not know that I was female. All I knew was that I loved math, I loved the sciences, I wanted to be an engineer There was nobody telling me that you couldn't do that. We were all girls. In a culture, especially in an African culture, that is really, um, you know, male driven. I went on to do um, a bachelor's degree in computer engineering, electrical engineering at the University of Lagos. It was when I got into the university that I realized for the first time that I was female. I used to sit at the front of the class at the very beginning answering questions, until somebody actually told me, you know, it looks like you're a smart aleck, the boys in the class don't like that you're always answering questions, um, trying to sh- show off, um, and actually threatened me with uh, sexual violence. And it was at that point, uh, after my very first semester, that I decided that I would no longer sit at the front. I changed my whole strategy. I started to sit at the back, never would talk in class anymore, and actually made a promise to myself that I would not graduate with a first class. And I think that incident was the very first incident that struck at the heart of what the work I'm doing now, which is some of the subtle messages we women in science receive And so I think that years later, when I was in the U.S. getting my PhD, I did not realize how hurtful, how hurt I had been by that experience. And it was that pain and the anger coming from that, those were one of the motivations that sort of led to the founding of WOW Foundation. And I knew that there were girls back in Africa that were just as smart or even smarter than I that needed an opportunity to just lay hands on these tools to be able to solve their own problems. Frankly, I got tired of seeing images of African children begging. I thought we are not, this is not who we are. We are proud people who have a lot to contribute. You know, I always say that intelligence is universal. Opportunity is not.
0: Working to advance African women has now connected almost 35,000 girls at secondary school with a young woman studying STEM at college. Almost 3,000 girls have taken part in STEM camps and more than 2,000 teachers have received STEM training. And then uh, I understand that you launched uh, the organisation with savings that you made as a graduate student. That must have been a very courageous move or a courageous thing to do.
1: Finishing up my PhD, my husband was also a graduate student. We have, we had very little means. And at that point I had two children, already had two children. So supporting two children on very little resources, but the passion and the mission was burning in my heart. I could see that technology was coming to change the world. I knew the power and impact, the hardworking nature of women across Africa, young girls across Africa. I knew that there were smart people across Africa, smart young girls. And as I sat in this, I thought, where are the Africans? Africans should be helping Africans. We are the ones who should be leading the match. We cannot import solutions from the West And these folks sitting around the table do not understand the particular problems that we're having. They cannot. They are not us. They don't have our experience. They don't have our background. They don't understand the culture. So I was very actually shocked as we started to do this work around WOW Foundation that there were not more Africans who were concerned and who were giving back. And what I realized is that a lot of these non-profits also, they had they would sit down, they would raise funds, but very little impact. Very little of the funds made it back to Africa and there was very little impact. Women make up more than half of the population in Africa and women carried the brunt, a lot, of development around the home. They understand the issues. And I started to see the power of involving women and bringing them around the table to help to understand the issues and then to address them. And if we put the tool of technology in their hands and we localize those solutions so that it is African grown, then we really are talking about impact. And that's when we came up with the college to secondary mentoring program where we give scholarships. Those scholars go and recruit others like themselves in their colleges and their universities, and those are called fellows. They form a chapter within their universities, and then we train them and we empower them. We give them what we call STEM in a handbag, which is really a backpack full of STEM kits, whether it's um, Arduino kits, uh, whether it's raspberry pies, or whether it's um, windmills, um, renewable energy kits. And we empower them to start going into secondary schools around their communities, evangelizing STEM, recruiting more girls into STEM, doing hands on experiences and showing young people that STEM is reachable and really being that role model. We now have uh, 34 different chapters in uh, colleges across 17 uh, countries in Africa. I'm doing phenomenally well. So every week, one chapter or the other is going out just to secondary schools around themselves to evangelize this program. That program has also led to our teacher training program. As we did that program for a little while, we realized that teachers were necessary in the pipeline because teachers are there in day in, day out with students. They understand the problems of students and they can reach many more students. And so about five years ago, we started to do teacher training where we bring science and technology teachers across Africa to a location three or four times a year and for a week or two we immerse them in digital skills in stem related um in stem pedagogy in in gender um sensitive pedagogy so that they know when girls are falling off in their science classes and then we equip them to go back to their schools and many of them have started stem clubs that are running weekly
0: dr Okorafor's exceptional work using the power of information and communication technologies to empower women, was recognized when she won the ITU-UN Women's Annual GEM Tech Award in 2016. Here's what Dr. Okorafo had to say as she accepted the award.
1: And I really want to bring, shine some light on some statistics that might startle you. In Africa, there are 200 million people between the ages of 15 and 24. This is the youth bracket. And that number is said to double by the year 2045. We have to really think about how we are empowering our young population to take the next generation of creativity and innovation to the next level. Now, if you think about what uh, we heard tonight, that 90% of the future jobs in, in, over the next 10 years is going to require some skills in ICT and technology. We worry about how we are equipping our young people in Africa to ensure that they take on the challenge of the future to build the, the solutions that we need to solve some of the challenges that we're facing in Africa. Africa is spending over $4 billion U.S. dollars every year paying foreign talent to solve some of our solutions, our, our problems in technology. If we can train our young people, that is a, 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 a huge opportunity for us.
0: And your work uh, late to the launch of the She Hikes Africa initiative, what is this all about?
1: So She Hacks Africa is a software boot camp that is a program under the WOW Foundation. WOW is spelled W-A-A-W and stands for Working to Advance African Women in Science and Technology. There are many jobs that really are high paying that need STEM skills, whether it's in software development or whether it's in AI, machine learning, whether it's in renewable energy. But when our students were coming out of school, they they were not well-equipped. And so as we were building this pipeline, because our mission in WOW Foundation is to build a pipeline of African women who are educated in STEM and use STEM to innovate, to solve problems. So as we continue to build this pipeline, we realized that there was a gap in that pipeline. And the She Hacks Africa program was born to fill that gap. And that is that as our students are graduating from colleges, from universities, they needed to get into a program, a boot camp that will work with them for three to four months and really hone in on job ready skills, in particular in software development, whether it's in the front end or the back end, really the full stack where the market has a need and they're looking for developers, and where they can work in global markets. Right now, we are in our 34th cohort. In the the long run, it boils down to jobs. It boils down to making sure that people are able to feed themselves and feed their families and turn around and and ensure that Africa is rising. Right. And I was
0: thinking that we could finish uh, this interview by talking about Maybe the latest uh, projects that you have in the pipeline or initiatives that are there or something that you're working on currently?
1: So, thank you so much for that question. Um, one of the initiatives that we're working on uh, we're, <laughs> currently, we're working on a lot of things, but I mentioned our She Hacks Africa program, um, and we're now also working with partners. Uh, so that we can plug our amazing developers into those programs. We're also expanding into a program called the AWELE Academy, the African Women Engineering Leadership and Entrepreneurship Academy. And that is a two-year program that we're building out, um, pretty much like a tech school for girls, um, with its own university and its own campus. And our goal is really to hone in on research for girls, people who want to go into STEM research and academia, who want to take it to the next level. Um, we have just acquired a property, uh, so this is a long-term play, but our goal is to eventually establish colleges across Africa, two or three colleges across Africa, uh, for the Awele Academy.
0: And you can find out more about Onoma Okorafor's career and projects by visiting www.sidev.net That's www.scidev.net Thanks for joining us. You can catch up on all Africa Science Focus episodes on your favourite podcast app. And don't forget to leave a review. Today's programme... Was produced by Harrison Lewis and edited by Fiona Broom, with reporting from Charles Pensulo. Africa Science Focus is produced by SciDevNet and distributed in association with your local radio station. I'm Michael Kaloki. See you again next week. This program was funded by the Carnegie Corporation of New York.